right, we're back in the building. You know what time it is. It's the Brown State of the Union. This is Sean Z. We got Kev joining me tonight. That's it. It's just two-man two man pod. What's up, Kev? How you guys doing tonight? It's, uh, we're going to dive right into it. We got the open game. We want to run through that. Obviously, we're going to hit kind of the, the core turn of the season. We'll give out some grades, talk uh, coaching staff, sleepers, disappointment, MVPs, obviously some Baker. Um, but, you know, before we get into some of that fun stuff and, and recapping where we are and where we're headed, Kev, your thoughts on the game yesterday? Um, you know, just when you think you have seen them lose in a way, or you think you've seen them lose every way possible, they do something that is even more impossible. I got to be honest with you, and I've been arguing with some people on this. I don't care what anybody says. It's my opinion, obviously, but a lot of this comes down to coaching, and I don't care about the calls. I don't care about what some of these kids did, the mistakes they made, all that other stuff. When you continually let people do the things that they do, i.e. drops, i.e. jump off sides, uh, whatever mistakes you want to put in there, it comes down to coaching because there's got to be some accountability there. Great teams don't do those things regularly and it's hard to win football games in this league. When it's a league designed in parity, it's hard to win games when people make those mistakes. And that starts at the top. But we saw that. I mean, honestly, we saw with you, Jackson. This isn't even remotely a surprise in hard knocks. I mean, this is just this this atmosphere. It's this just kind of commonplace acceptance of some of this nonsense. How do you go for two throughout a whole game? And then it's fourth and it can't be more than two inches. And philosophically, you just feel like your luck's going to run out, as he was quoted (laughs) as saying today. Like, it's just, it's so consistently inconsistent. It's unacceptable. And I'm just straight up tired of the bullshit. Like, this was the whole problem with Hugh originally and bringing him back is this was going to automatically be a transition year and now it's it's kind of in this goofy spot where baker's good like baker's good enough that this team can play around with seven and nine eight and eight nine and seven but it can't with this coaching staff these guys are so incredible and it starts with you because there's no there's no excuse for, for special teams as bad as we have our special teams full stop and it just it's all centered around this nonsense, and we're just doing this over and over, and then next year we're going to have to reset and then go through another adjustment. Like, Hugh's never figuring it out. He's just a coordinator, pure and simple. Yeah, there's a lot of guys, the Romeo Cornells of the world, the Mike Browns of the world, the Hugh Jacksons of the world, uh, you know, Pat Shermers of the world. I can, you know, it seems like a lot of them are in Cleveland, right? We hire a lot of guys that are coordinators and meant to be coordinators. Hey, you know, some guys are Chiefs and some guys are the Indians. And we hire a lot of the Indians and we just haven't found a Chief. And it bothers me that people say, well, you know, Hugh wasn't given this or wasn't given that. 
you know, I, I don't know. I, I come from a world, maybe I grew up with a high school coach and a college coach where that, that wasn't acceptable. Like, here's the card you're dealt, figure it out. And it bothers me when people use that excuse for him because the reality of all this is, is, is if we were one in 31, I'm, I, I don't think anybody on earth expected you to make us eight and eight those last two years, but they certainly didn't expect us to be one in 31. Yeah. And they sure as hell didn't expect us to be one, two and one right now with the way these guys have played and the things that they have done. That, that's just the thing is, you know, we're up 28, 14 and we're throwing the ball out of our own end zone. I mean, there's or, or close to it, or at least the backdrop of our own end zone. It, that's if you got a head coach that's piped in, like you don't allow Todd Haley to pull that bullshit. Like, period. That's, hey, no, no, no. We're coming out. We're running the ball for a couple. We're going to move some clock. We need to keep the defense on the sidelines. The defense is gassed. Yeah, they're getting carved, and TJ Carey's had three horrible plays between horrible. fourth quarter and overtime. I mean, game-losing plays. And yet, to your point earlier, there's no accountability on this shit. Like, you're going to run him out there and start him, and, and we're not going to kind of, you know, address this appropriately with, with some of these guys. And we got, you know, Orson Charles is on this roster. That guy's not an NFL 53-man guy, period. He's just not. Right. And he makes mistakes. Then we're calling goofy-ass shit when we got Carlos Hyde at the one- and two-yard line. Like, put him in and run the damn ball. Like, what are we dicking around for? Like, this if, is stuff, if, if anything, if Carlos all Hyde all the attention is, to detail. Yeah. If Carlos Hyde has proved everything, it's that he can get three tough yards. I don't know that he can do what Nick Chubb did yesterday, to be honest with you. And I'm a huge Carlos Hyde guy, but those runs Nick Chubb had – Again, and we'll get into that. I think we're going to touch on some of the other stuff. But to your point, we're going to go flip, flip and do that stuff, uh, you know, reverse. And clearly, and by the way, this force feeding of this Callaway kid is doing nothing but hindering his progress and hindering the team's progress. I mean, the kid, how many games did he play in college? Not a ton because of his history. Then we come here, we trade Gordon. through no fault of his own, of his own, he gets thrown into the fire. And does he have some talent? Absolutely. But I think we could all probably agree he's not a Rhodes Scholar, correct? So (laughs) adapting to this NFL game and throwing him in and saying, hey, you've got to do this. You're going to return punch. You're going to do this. We're running reverses to you. We're doing it. I mean, in that, in that little, uh, the, the flip reverse thing or whatever, whatever the hell that was, him and Hyde almost ran into each other. That looked like a play that they put in Friday afternoon, and then they were like, "Oh shit, we did try that. Let, let's let's do it." I mean, well, I've coached honestly, a lot. You've been it's so teams. goofy. It's like a two point conversion play. When why? Sometimes there's this overcomplication of the NFL right now, and and the best teams find ways. Like the Saints are doing this. They, they do a lot of simple stuff. They put the ball in Kamara's hands. They put the ball in Michael Thomas' hands. And then the, everybody else's accessories. Or they put it in Bree's hands to get it to those guys. That's a pretty damn good formula last time I checked. Landry had 10 targets yesterday in a game that almost went 70 minutes. 70 minutes. And we had, 
what did we have? 30 some possessions, or I mean, there was 30 some possessions in that game. Okay. In Landry, our best player got 10 targets. 10. We played the Saints two weeks ago when they beat us, or whatever it was, right? Two weeks ago. And Kamara and Michael Thomas, the two best offensive players on the field, went every, and our defense was good that day. And we knew they were going to get the ball, and they still figured out a way to get them the ball. Okay? I know it was a touchdown to uh, uh, Fells down the slot, but, I mean, are, are we really counting on Darren Fells 30 yards downfield to catch uh, touchdown passes? I mean, it worked because Baker put it on the scene, and their safety, you know, made a horrible play and went for the ball instead of making a tackle. But you get my point is, is I feel like we try and be cute to try and get guys involved when we got three playmakers, right? Four maybe at this point. I mean, I, don't, I can't consider Higgins and Callaway huge playmakers because they're too inconsistent. So you've got Hyde, Landry, and Chubb. Chubb's starting to prove that to me based on what he did yesterday. Those runs were not, oh, the uh, uh, you know, you could drive a semi bus through those holes. He got that ball, made a move left, made a move right, made people miss, and then showed the breakaway speed. That's something that that's something that we don't have. And he gets three carries, three. Well, I think that here's the problem with Chubb. He can't block right now. Like he, I don't. Think that's he fair. Can block whatsoever. So you can't have him on the field for 15 plays because. It's, now here's here's my problem with yesterday. Duke Johnson gets the ball way too much. Like mm. I felt like the force feeding was to Duke when that should be Jarvis and it should be Hyde. Like those should be your two guys that that were working. And then it's Higgins and Callaway and then the t- and the tight ends. And you can throw Njoku in because he's actually somewhat of a mismatch, but mismatch. But he has his one or two drops every game. Every so, game. So. Like my thing was, is Duke they, they get the ball to Duke Johnson way too much. He doesn't. Where's the explosive plays? Like everybody raves in Cleveland about Duke Johnson. The fact of the matter is, is if you follow third down running backs, he's a dime a dozen, and he's not better than other guys that have a little bit more brute force and more physicality to their game. I, he there's nothing that overwhelms me anymore with Duke. Like he's a nice novelty, but I don't get it when you got two running backs that are kind of better options from a physicality standpoint and is a little bit of burst and explosiveness and strength. It's just Duke's fine as a gadget guy. They were like, it felt second and third quarter. Like we were just, Oh, we got to get Duke the ball. He's got to get his 20 touches or 15 touches. And that's nonsense. So uh, we're not going to belabor it. I do want to just touch on (laughs) the refs are so inconsistent. Miles Garrett is held the entire fourth quarter, the entire fourth quarter. And at no point did I feel like they made a call or tried to dictate anything like, man, they need to chip because Garrett's dominating. They botched the fumble to high hell. And and, and I don't even know what the hell they saw there. They're not following the ball. And then to overturn it in that situation, albeit I still think we should have went for it, everything else. But – I, I still, you know, there's the one screen or the one freeze frame that, that's out there, but then there's five others, and we saw it live, 
it's just I don't know how that's conclusive or even remotely close to if it was short on the field. Okay, but I don't know how it gets overturned. I really don't. Um, I mean, I got nothing to add to that. It, it, it was just a in, in whatever Barber was on there last night talking about how good the officiating was. Oh, my God. Him, him mean, and Kenny do, Albert. Do you, yeah, do, do you, like, when they say that stuff, clearly it, it, it's because they know where the paycheck's coming from. I mean, obviously, because they, they said that's, they can't overturn that 15 times while it was being reviewed. Then they overturned it. They said, oh, that looked like a hold here. It looked like a hold here. They said that Marshawn Lynch shouldn't have been down. Whatever. I'm sure that the Raiders think they got screwed because there were a couple plays that we got. And it, and that goes to Hugh's, Hugh's stupid comment today. Well, we got lucky or whatever he was implying that we, we felt like our luck ran out. Are you kidding me? I mean, those guys make terrible decisions all day and they're, they're officiating. But the holding, I think the spot obviously cost us the game. But well, here's the thing: the, the play- clip on the punt, the play, the following punt clip. Yeah. Three plays later, hold oh, overtime holds on Schober, holds Schobert on Garrett. Was unbelievable. That was it gave them the game-winning field goal. It gave yeah. them the game-winning field goal. Yeah, that was that was point of attack. I mean, how do you, you know, some of the Miles Garrett thing or whatever? I actually. I know it's hard to do what they do, but they're paid a lot of money to do it. Same with basketball officials. I know you're not going to see everything. And I really, I've always said this about basketball, especially, Hey, if that's going on off the ball, I get it. Like, let it go. Nobody wants to watch, you know, the backups play, but in football, you, you don't foul out. So to sit there and act like, and especially when it's the point of attack, the Schobert one was so glaringly blatant and to watch him try and make the tackle with one arm on Marshawn Lynch, who might be the strong, it's still at this age, might be the strongest running back in the league pound for pound and runs as hard as they come. And for them to sit there and act like they didn't see it. I mean, you want to talk about conspiracy theories. There's your conspiracy theory. It was like unbelievable. I just think the whole thing is so much bullshit anymore that, that, you know, they fall, they don't want to call too many penalties, but then they keep calling some of the silly, stupid ones. Now, Oakland's got a legitimate gripe with the Arden key, but we had already got a first down. We, we It got us out to the 40. I think it put us on the other 45 or into our territory. We scored sure. on that drive. We're that Those are the types of ones that, okay, you know, locked up. But, like, these, these game-winning ones, those are the ones or these, these situations situational ones that are so critical because they're 30 or 40 yard swings or their points swings. It, it, you know, it's just, I, they're going to come out and they'll apologize, you know, tomorrow or something with, with some BS, but this is like a crew that's supposed to be the best, but don't, don't be announcers and sit here and blow smoke. Like I got two eyes. I've watched enough right. football. Like just, <laughs> just don't even like, at least Al Michaels and some of these, even Joe Buck, they'll just they'll they'll call it like it is to an extent. They're obnoxious in other regards, but you know th- those clowns yesterday. It's like can, we're good enough now. We we pull 
triple ratings. We don't need the the, the six hole hitters. Give us the two and threes. Uh, I, yeah. I don't need to be dealing with Kenny Albert's lazy ass and Tiki Barber, <laughs> who, who is fired from every other job that he's had since football, and now he's some hack announcer. And it was, I, and in the excuse, and I, I said this on Twitter today. There's a lot of people in the Cleveland media who are saying, we didn't make enough plays. It's on us. It's on us. It can be both. It can be it's, both that we should exactly. have made more plays. I saw plays. you tweet that. I retweeted it. Yeah. The, the officials can be bad. We can be bad coaching, and we can not make plays. Like, teach a carry, shit the bed. Like, he didn't yeah. tackle Rashard. He tackles Rashard at the 15-yard line. It's a running clock with 35, 36 seconds. I thought seconds that was Calhoun. No, no. It was it was T.J. Carey because he got burnt in overtime, and then he got burnt um, diving in on the goal line touchdown to Nelson or or on the, the two-point to Nelson. He, he ran in on the slant guy or on the touchdown – he covered on a touchdown. On it was slant. a zone. Yeah, it was zone coverage. And he, and he, just he left his zone the, area. Yeah, and that's yeah. where Carr threw it. So TJ Carey basically had three or four plays, all because Mitchell's out, broke his arm. But well, well, that's, and, that's and you didn't even talk about his worst team. one. You, you you failed to mention the worst one, where he bit on that little jab step and they that's just threw it over the top. That's oh my third, god! And three in overtime. No, that was that was his culmination. That was his completion to an absolute <laughs> shitty game. Oh my gosh! So and he, so we're okay. We've hit Oakland. We've smothered it. I all things considered, it's a brutal loss. I I don't think I'll get over it this year. You know, everybody talks about building blocks. You know what building blocks are, and I know you can appreciate this, Kevin. Winning is a building block, and we didn't win yesterday. And I'm pissed off about it, and I'm pissed off at multiple different people, coaching, some of the players, obviously, and then the officials on top of it. Because all three of those things caused the situation that we have where we lose a 45-42 game. We got no business losing. We could be 2-1. and Going two one and one with Baltimore coming into town, and instead we're one two and one, and we got Baltimore coming into town. The 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 last thing I just want to add one more thing, and I know if if I'm on these pods, I'm I'm sure it's going to be a redundant uh, statement or redundant uh, idea that I'm going with or whatever you want to say, but I cannot believe that they don't see that you have. You actually have talent on this team, and you have a coach who is hindering the progress. Like, if you keep him all year, you're now hindering the progress, and that showed yesterday. The attention to detail, everything that you t- – I don't care what it is. Holding call in the first quarter. Everybody talks about the plays in the fourth quarter and overtime, but the the stuff, the drops in the – the the second and sevens that turn into first and fifteens because of a false start or a legal procedure, all that stuff is the stuff that losers do and losing teams do, and we do that better than anybody. And this guy's done that better than anybody for two and a half years or going on two and a half years. And I can't stand it. And sometimes it's going to be a problem for some of these kids because now it becomes a habit. And these kids are busting their ass right now. And if this happens two or three more games, they're going to quit on this guy. 
and then it's again we're looking at two and fourteen, three and six, or whatever, and it's going to end up being a complete nightmare of a of a season again because it starts with him. It all starts with him. Sorry, yeah. uh, I had to get I mean, that off it, my it, chest. No, it's spot on. I mean, ultimately, the, the fact of the matter is, is you know, if we're running down coaching, uh, Hugh Jackson is an F. I can't frame this any other way. He's the only one that's been with this team for three years. He's allowed the special teams to be what it is. Um, so you look at that that factor. He's tolerated some of Greg Williams' bullshit. Honestly, if you, if before yesterday, I just said Greg Williams was about a B plus because actually he had kind of schemed things up. But then what happens with Greg Williams is this bullshit yesterday. He sits in the soft zone. He gets attacked the same way. Now while well, all of a sudden, we decide we're only going to rush three when they're inside the 15. In the preseason, we were rushing six and seven. Like We can't just get pressure with four. We can't get pressure with just five. So there's no consistency with him. Yeah, we're creating turnovers. Some of it is just the fact of the matter. Roethlisberger couldn't keep it from giving it away against us. So some of that's skewed. But, and then Todd Haley, it's just... I got a couple of Steeler buddies, and obviously Nick and Akron's one. He's just like, be careful what you guys wish for, because we do have competent plays, and there's more of a rhythm and understanding of what we're trying to do. But there's some utterly stupid and baffling decisions at the same time as well. And I think the overuse of Duke Johnson, the inability to just ground and pound with Hyde, and want to fall into fall in love with some of these gadget plays, it's just it's all rolled up into what is Todd Haley. He's an up. Slightly above average play caller. And he's not a head coach, but he thinks he's still kind of angling for a head coach, which is somewhat my, of a lethal combination. My, my, my one buddy brought up a great point, and I never even really thought about this, but it does make sense. Is Haley here because he thinks he can get the job? Because That's what that I'm worried bad. about. All this stuff with the media, he, everything he does is – first of all, if you had any balls – the second Todd Haley pulled the other shit with Gordon, he'd undressed his ass in the media because there's no way that should be tolerated. Then you factor in the idea about, oh, I took this play or here's how I took this play after Hugh said. No, no, no. Like you're, you're walking the foot soldier line here. You're not like, you know, some maverick on your own. Either get ship, shape up or ship out. That's the type right. of But you don't have that kind of backbone or Hugh already knows he's neutered enough that he's just sucking up to Jimmy and D to keep maybe another year, even though he knows he's probably DOA at the end of the season. So I, I agree. I think Todd Haley running this team would be a disaster as well. Let's just call it like we see it. And Greg Williams, I, I don't know what the hell to make of him. <laughs> I, I think Greg Williams might be the most stubborn person I've ever well, I shouldn't say been around, but I mean, you talk about a guy who just goes, here's what we're doing and we're just going to keep doing it and keep doing it. And it's like, and well, then, I mean, I think last year showed, showed me like he bitched about needing to have certain guys and everything. And now we've got some more of those guys, but what happens when you get injuries? How do you adjust? You don't just keep ramming the square peg. If it turns into a round hole, like you, you just you don't do some of those things. You got to have common sense when it comes to some of this. And the game's about adjustments. And it's clear sometimes we just simply don't do that. I just think the talent on this roster is so strong right now 
that we're kind of getting by when we could easily, because of our coaching, be 0-4. Oh, I mean, they easily they started Tyrod be- Taylor. They started Tyrod Taylor. That dude can't play. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong. When we got Tyrod Taylor, thought it was a great decision. I don't care about the third-round pick. I mean, idiots like Evan Silva and all these guys, oh, the Bills rip, keep ripping the Browns off. I haven't seen him tweeting anything since, uh, what's his name's been? Corey Coleman's been cut three times. He was murdering the Browns for giving up a third-round draft pick. I would give up a third-round draft pick for a guy of Tyrod Taylor's character to be around Baker Mayfield. But how you could watch those two play and think that Tyrod was ever a good decision is it's beyond my it's beyond anything that I could see. Well, here's the thing: it's, they, it's Larry. They Brown. never allowed they, they never allowed Larry Baker Brown. First team. Sorry, but it's it's equivalent to Larry Brown not playing LeBron in the Olympics over over the likes of Stephon Marbury and people like that. He sat Dwayne Wade and LeBron because of because because they were they were young. Okay, well, talent's talent, and you were one in thirty-one. So who cares? Play the best player. That works. He's a yeah, joke, man. Uh, There's nothing he does. It's yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's a joke. Just a joke. He's a joke. So let's dive into the players. Um, mm-hmm. Offensive, your your brightest spot. Um, give me a couple guys. Offensively. Now, I'll say this because of what he's brought to as an overall attitude, obviously. Well, Baker's won. I mean, we're taking him off the off the table. I mean, anybody that says there's been a brighter spot than Baker Mayfield, uh, I don't need to have a conversation with them. Um, I, I think Hyde's been exactly what we've – I'm going to kind of go by position here. Hyde's been exactly what we've thought he was going to be, you know, four, and a half, four yards of carry, high threes. Um, doesn't have great breakaway speed, but doesn't lose a lot of yards and gets you in positive situations and, you know, doesn't get you in that second 14 type of stuff. Um, and, and, and this goes back to Landry. It's not all his fault because he hasn't, you know, he played with Taylor. Um, I think it's going to keep growing between him and Baker, but just his attitude and everything that he brings as a whole, some of the catches, the catch against the Jets on the goal line. Um, I mean, that was just unbelievable. Tiptoeing in the sideline last, last, uh, you know, last night to, I think that was the 28, you know, to put us up two scores. Um, those guys have been the bright spots. I actually think the line has got better every game. Um, I am not an offensive line expert, so I won't sit here and act like I am. Uh, the Harrison kid, you know, we threw him in an impossible situation starting against the Steelers, and he struggled. He had a penalty the other day, but again, I think he's held himself accountable pretty well. I think the line's starting to grow together. Again, how they only played X amount of snaps in preseason together is beyond me when everybody talks about the continuity of an offensive line is one of the most important things ever. And they hadn't played it all together. And then we just threw them out there. Um, so those would be the highlights on offense to me. Um, are we just going up? Uh, yeah. I mean, here's, here's what I would add. I, yeah. I actually, I mean, you, you, 
you picked it up on a little bit. Desmond Harrison probably actually is is Baker notwithstanding. Hyde's looked even better than I thought, and I think Chubb since the first couple preseason games, I was like, oh shit, this this guy might be too plotting too slow. He's kind of got back into his one cut go, um, you know, see whole go. Uh, which is the right mentality to have, like not the pitter patter Trent Richardson nonsense that we saw the first, at least the first preseason game. Um, sure. That said, Desmond Harrison, the fact that he only started practicing with like like August 11th or 12th because he got off the the suspended list, for what he's actually done, and the, the no favors he got not really playing with this unit, I've actually been impressed enough that. After Pittsburgh, it was like, shit, we're going to have to draft the left tackle. Now he's at least given us a situation where we're not forced into having to emergency need something in a, a draft coming up. And I don't want to start getting into that too specifically, but he's shown a lot. Now, I preface it, it's four games in, and the next four we could have at the halfway mark and say, yeah, he's regressed big time. Because these guys can fall off the cliff rookie-wise. That sure. can happen easily. But for all things considered, you know, I thought we were looking at barbecue chicken over there. And <laughs> he's actually been pretty serviceable. So uh, I'll give him props there. It, it, that That's my takeaway offensively. Defensively, listen, I said, I know when we did the first day to the Browns, Miles Garrett had defensive MVP. Miles Garrett. Larry O's been good, but Larry O's getting single teamed and single covered. Coverage, and he went up against Rodney Hudson, who's a Pro Bowl center for Oakland, and he was a little bit more neutralized yesterday. But Garrett Miles has just been a beast. I've been disappointed, honestly, in Agba. He got hurt. Availability is a skill. Health is a skill. And he's not on the field enough. And then he played yesterday, but he didn't pop. I think he made like two times his name was called. That's not good enough. I didn't know he was, the other guy, I didn't know he was on the field. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that shows there. Gerard Avery. Been incredibly impressed with him. That's a big time player. That's that's a guy you can build. Um, Jamie Collins, tremendous disappointment. Actually, feel like he made one play at the end yesterday, or made a sack at some point. He's just not making enough plays for what he's getting paid. Yeah, he Here made a sack seven. when when they blocked everybody else and he ran straight in. Yeah, and, the guy down. and he's he not sucks. giving us enough coverage. He's not giving yeah, he us sucks. enough plays. Andy like, short it, arm. And he's short arm. He was afraid. I, he, he like it was like a right fielder and a center fielder running into each other. He didn't go for that interception, and he well, just like short armed it. This, this, and honestly, the thing with him is, and this is if, if he had half the the heart and mental aptitude of Joe Schobert, like if you could combi- combine those players, you'd have an absolute monster. I think Schobert's athletic. He's just kind of size wise, just a little bit. You know, he's not as imposing as you'd like from a middle, but he's he's been pretty solid overall. Kirksey's been dinged up. That's still a problem. Uh, Denzel Ward's been he, – he's my guy. Like, the Denzel Ward has been – he's a legitimate top 10 NFL corner right now. Um, that, that's, that's been the biggest takeaway that I've had. And, J- and Jabril Pepper sucks. This guy's not on our team in two years. And I'll, I'll add one more. I, I kind of stayed on the offensive side, so I didn't. I didn't talk about. I kind of talked about the highlights. So I'm going to go to my highlights of the defensive side. Garrett done deal. Don't even need to talk about it. He's a monster. He was unblockable. 
the fact that they were leaving Colton Miller on an island at times with him is laughable. And the fact that he got if he got held less than 50 percent of the time yesterday, I'd be shocked. Like if you went back and honestly looked at the tape. That's how bad it was. Well, the the, the I, I forget the Twitter name now. I, I wish I could actually remember it. I'll, I'll pull it up here. It's um, uh, Brown Brown's Film BDN. It's Brown's Film Breakdown. We follow him. Uh, he does great work. Breaks down every play. He basically said the whole fourth quarter in overtime they could have called Miles Garrett a holding on Colton Miller. Or the right tackle because they moved Garrett around a little bit. They could have called it basically every single time he was that dominant. And yeah, it was he ridiculous. was bull rushing. He was speed rushing. On that dirt, he can't speed rush, which is just ridiculous that we're playing on shit surface <laughs> like that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the, the, the testament to Miles Garrett, and you said it, we don't even need to talk about it. But then you feel like, no, I got to talk about this, about this, it this. It's because so he's that good. When you just watch him, you're you're – I just hope we don't piss away the next two or three. Probably his best years are his next two to three years. And then sure. he, he's going to taper a little, but he's still going to be super effective because his strength and moves and hands and just bend. But like sooner or later, it'll it'll kind of hit him a little bit. But um, I just well, I hope you think about a guy like Jabril Preppers. In the next three years. Yeah, yeah. You think about a guy like Jabril Preppers. Like he was so good. Uh, not Jabril Preppers, uh, uh, Julius Peppers, sorry. Nah, yeah, the farthest thing yeah, yeah. from Jabril Preppers. Julius Peppers was the best play defensive end in the league for a number of years. Carolina couldn't afford him, needed to move on. He goes to Green Bay, still really good. You know what I mean? Like he bounces around and he's still making plays, and that's going to be Garrett if he wants to be. Um, yeah, I mean, I could talk about the guy. He's he's unbelievably special. It's just, well, you know, sometimes thing. you just he, sit there and he get, ain't gonna bounce around like he's not gonna bounce around like Peppers because if we let go of Miles Garrett for any reason and he's not a Brown for ten plus seasons, the storm right. as far as I'm concerned. Right, 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 right. So who else you got on defense? Well, and then we'll, the, uh, the guy, we'll the guy that place. I think has just been amazingly good and would have never thought it based on reading green Bay blogs is, is Ben Randall. He's been beyond good to me, not only because he he's been that quarterback back there. I mean, you could see his face when Kerry went into the slot and he turned around, looked at him like, are you kidding me? What are you doing? And, and that's a guy I want back there. I want that quarterback back there, and I just think he's been really good. Um, Pepper sucks, so he's playing two positions back there. Uh, what what does Peppers do? If I if if I could have a nickel for every time I heard Pepper's name, I'd have a nickel, right? I mean, that's the old joke. I mean, literally, well, no, he no, does you nothing. get it when he when he tries to knee at the two, or he runs in the back of his kick return turn blocking team. At the 17 yard, that's when you hear, or when he fair catches a punt, he doesn't have he's 18 yards before someone's around him. The Very goes, fair. Why yeah. the hell is Peppers returning a punt after the Pittsburgh debacle? Why the hell is he back there? He should not be, period, point simple. He shouldn't be, he would not be my punt returner the second that he fair caught bullshit. 
That that's it. There's I, no excuse. Well, he wouldn't have been my punt returner based on the fact that he never makes any plays. You know, I mean, it goes back to the Malik Hooker thing. Malik Hooker played one year at Ohio State because of the all the players ahead of him and made more plays than Peppers made in three years. And the argument from the Michigan staff was what? Well, we asked him, he's got to be in the film room on offense and defense and blah, blah. Well, you know what? He ain't in the offensive film room anymore, and he still doesn't fucking make any plays. All right? Well, he, he, here's the the fact of the matter is, he was a will at Michigan for a reason. And I right. think we can clearly see that now. He can get away with being that size in the pro, he, in college. He can't get away with being even a, you know, a, a will in a nickel at his current size. He can't cover, and he doesn't play well in space. He can't play moving forward, so he can't play free safety. He's got to play strong, but he doesn't make enough play. Like, he never is around the ball enough. And he's I, never around the ball. That, that's the thing. A, I, I want to you need see to say if, anything else. No. Well, I think Dorsey was trying to move him in the offseason. There was enough kind of rumblings with it. I, I don't think he's a Brown next year. I, I just I think what happens is he gets the Danny Shelton where they know they're not picking up that option. So why the hell bother? Figure it out and see if you get another piece or something like that. And they're going to be able to get a guy that can spec wise be him for hell of a lot better without that bullshit ego of his. So yeah, he's not long in the tooth. And, Sucks. And we'll be better for it in the long run. Yeah, so, so my guy my guy is Randall. That's the guy that's just been in, in Schobert, like you said, doesn't have the physical ability. Um, wish he was a little bit bigger. Wish he was a little stronger. But I think we're on the same page. I mean, a couple of the defensive linemen have been uh, you know, Larry O... I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Um, Larry O will go with. He's been really, you know, he's been good. He has. The kid's been good. He went up against an all-pro the other day, struggled a little bit. But, you know, as a third or fourth round pick, he's giving you everything you want. Avery, you beat me to Avery. Randall's the only guy that I would add to, to the guys that you had. Avery got blocked in the back on – Lynch, they threw a little uh, flip past the Lynch. It went for about 30 or 40 yards on one of the late drives. Avery got pushed in the back by Jordy Nelson and pushed in the backfield. Lynch was weaving and bobbing down the sideline. The guy never stopped. If you can watch a replay of it, went down, and he actually ended up making a tackle 40 yards down the field. And That's the type of hustle plays you win with. That's the type that, of stuff. But to your point absolutely. Earlier, Absolutely. When you lose a couple games and you have a culture that Hughes seems to have, that's the type of guy you lose, though. Because Correct. he's going to say, why the hell am I busting my ass when nobody else is? And if I can get by, and then what you do is you embed that level of, of weakness in an individual. And some of these guys, we cut a bunch of them. That's why we got the roster turnover they did. Because when they looked at the film the last two years, they saw what they saw the last four or five games of both seasons. You know, they saw – enough from that like the tape's not gonna lie there and this is good enough to be middle middle of the pack in the afc so it's gonna be fascinating to see what kind of plays out here so we're at the quarter mark i think we're all kind of in line with what our projections probably were in the aggregate like if you just map this out we're probably saying five to seven wins i think prediction wise we're all around there 
Where do you see us now right now? If you could, knowing Baker's there, we are where we are. What's the final record and, and what's the, the story of the season as you see it right now? Oh, man. I mean, final record is so hard to even gauge with a terrible head coach um, because you can't blame the kids and the talent level. Uh, if I had to say we're – what are we? We're one, two, and one. Um I'm guessing five wins. That would be my guess at this point. Talent level, take out the four. Like at the quarter point, we should be at worst two and two, right? So eight and eight should 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 be where we're at. But unfortunately, we're not there. And uh, the here's the thing: there's going to be multiple other games that come down to the little things. That's what the NFL is. That's why there's no big point spreads. That's why Vegas has so many three, four, five under touchdown point spreads. I mean, you look at uh, uh, who was it? Uh, Green was it Green Bay? Somebody was. Oh no, the Patriots. Patriots were given six and a half. I mean, that's how much Vegas has respect for every NFL team. Six and a half to that terrible Miami team. They got lucky to beat the Titans and then somehow, you know, whatever. But my point is, is that I can't put my trust in the guy in charge. And that's my problem. And that's why I'll never get to more than five wins with this team because that guy's there. And as long as he's there, you're not going to win the close games very often because the close games come down to the little things. And we don't do the little things, and he doesn't help us do the little things. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with that. It, it, when, when I'm, I'm wanting to get to six or seven, uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that I think five makes sense. I think we're going to be a pain in the ass to play at home the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think five, ten, and one makes the most sense. To be honest with you, I honestly this this feels like I'm just beating on you and the coaching staff. With a competent person at the helm, I think we're nine and seven this year. I think we're we're probably two one and one. Or uh, it's so tough the Pittsburgh game because the weather was so crazy for it, it skewed the hell out of it. But uh, I, I agree with you. I think five makes the most sense. I actually think I was or said five and eleven before the season. Uh, I think or maybe six and ten and some other said seven and nine but i think we're falling in line now i think we're tracking the same way that said they could literally be baltimore come sunday it it baltimore's in a coming off the pittsburgh game riding high they better be ready to play against us because we're not going to mess around and we will get after it. we got to find a way to possess the ball more and keep our defense limited from a place because john brown and crabtree could give us a little bit of fits in the secondary yeah, I mean, I, I can't I can't disagree with you. I think five, ten, and one is probably the aiming point, um, which is scary, considering I think the talent level on this team. Um, I, I just I can't get I can't you can't get me to get more wins than that based on the intangibles. I'll be honest though, I I really want I want 
seven wins because I maybe I'm overblowing the talent. I think this team is so close to the to those young young Cowboys when they went one and fifteen, and then all of a sudden seven and nine, and next thing you know, the following year they were in the playoffs. I feel like that's our trajectory here. Only we've kind of abbreviated this with Baker this year, and we're already into the seven and nine season. I we're we're not too too far away. It's just we got to stay healthy, got to get reps. Problem is, we're gonna have to start over at the head coach and probably bits of the staff. Um, if we get to seven and nine, is he back? Well, we would get to seven. That's the other problem. We get to seven and eight. Or seven, he's gonna seven, be back. Eight. You get yeah. the seven wins, Hugh's going to be back because they're going to frame it like we got robbed in another. You went one game. You get too big of a jump. Like, Hugh's in range at five to get canned still. Six right. starts to get hairy. Seven's really problematic. So, I'm always rooting for the Browns to win. I'm done with for draft picks. We don't need to do that now. We got our draft picks already. We got the right. quarterback for the next 12 to 15 years. So, now it's time to start competing, and we have a couple years of peak when the quarterback's cheap, and we got to strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. The, the, there's a situation where we're up against the wall when it comes to that. The the cap and these guys, these guys are as good as we think they are. They're going to get paid, and you know. Hopefully, we get in a situation with Baker Mayfield where we're the uh, Saints or the Steelers, where it's plug and play in a lot of positions, just because we know our we got our guy on that side. But we don't know; we can't count on that. So we need to, like you said, strike while the iron's hot, and we got a lot of good guys down there. We need to take advantage of it, and uh, I, I just I worry. I just worry. I worry on the big, the guy in charge. You know, that yeah, bothers me. Mm-hmm. I know you can only surround at some point, you know, live and die with that. But, I think uh, we're going to learn a lot about this team. Resiliency wise, how much they buy into Hugh, to be honest with you. You know, you traveled to the West Coast. You played a 70 minute game. You got screwed. You played hard. There's a picture of Miles Garrett sitting on his helmet at the end of the game, and uh, he's just kind of like sitting there in the middle of the field like, how did we lose that game? We have all that against us. We're coming in with a team that's 3-1 and one, who just went into Pittsburgh, right? That game at Pittsburgh last night? Yeah. Yep. Went into Pittsburgh and dominated that game. All right? Not that I think Pittsburgh's any good anymore. They, they were – they looked old and slow and poorly coached and all that stuff. Um, but that being said, you're going to learn a lot about these kids. You're going to learn about a lot about what this coaching staff is capable of. And not only that, what those kids think about that coaching staff come Sunday. Do they buy into them? And do they come out and play their – you know, you know, their tails off or do they, because something's going to happen on Sunday. It's the Browns. It's the Browns Ravens. Something's going to happen where our backs are against the wall, whether we get down early, whether we get up, whether we get a bad call, whether we get a bad bounce, doesn't matter. 
something's happening on Sunday, and we're going to see how these kids react and how the coaching staff has these kids react. Because I think that this is a pivotal game. Two, what? Two, two, and would it be two, two, and one, right? Yeah. Two, two, and one is a huge difference than one, three, and one. And losing at home to Baltimore and losing or tying Pittsburgh division game, uh, it, it, it would be a problem. It would be a problem if you go to one, three, and one. Real well, quick. I think the one, the glimmer of hope is the fact is we can play with any team in the league. I, I, I truly believe that based on what I've seen. You have Baker in. Yeah, we actually don't have to fret about what other teams do offensively when you watch these other games. We now actually have a, a quarterback that anticipates throws, that makes the read, that gets the ball out. Yeah, he had some turnovers and things to correct. The center screwed the one up. The other was a drop. The, the one down, you know, he probably was trying to make a play. 20 some seconds to go there. Yeah, that's obviously unfortunate, but I'd rather be able to make plays and, and do them the way he consistently does and live on the fringes a little bit. So I think things are obviously looking up big couple weeks ahead. I'm excited to see how they, how they do kind of react come Sunday. And then really, you know, where are we after eight games? I think that's going to be an interesting Testament. Cause then I think the next conversation we're going to have is does, could this coaching staff last or not? And I think we're, we're going to be, uh, the next four games is going to be a big sample size to that. And I'd be curious to see how they coach. If they coach um, with like, their pants on fire, are they going to you know, punt on fourth and an inch when you went one in 31 two year, the last two years prior to that and you're starting to get a little bit of momentum and you punt? It, it, we'll see. Um, the end of that game was predictable for many Browns fans, and we got to find a way to stem <laughs> that, that predictability and flip this shit and, and – get things pointed in the right direction long-term and not this nonsense where we start getting, you know, giddy for six and 10 seasons. I ain't trying to go six and 10. I'm trying to get to the playoffs consistently and, and really have something built. And we've got enough big time players in the right positions that are young that we should be able to do this. So either get on board or get off the tracks because the train's coming through and we're rolling. Absolutely. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't. Couldn't have worded it any better. The, the, right. the losses are. The losses are unacceptable at this point. I don't care who it's against. I expect. You know what I expect? I expect to win every game. And I know that sounds crazy, but I looked at schedule: Ravens, Chargers at home, at Bucks, Steelers suck, Chiefs at home. I get it. Mahomes has been on fire, but. You know, you got to. I expect to be in or win every home game, and then Falcons at home. You've got one, two, three, four, four of our next six at home. Those are all wins to me because I think that we're that good. I do believe that. I believe that we have players that can win games. So let's get it done. I'm on board. Well, we'll see here. So this is uh, this is the quarter turn pod. State of the Browns. Uh, obviously some disappointment, some pissed off frustration, some anger, some visceral towards the refs, towards our coaching staff, towards some of the players. But uh, overall, oddly, some optimism. I think we've got this thing hopefully pointed in the right direction due to the talent. And uh, it kind of trumps even some of the idiocy and stupidity of uh, one Hugh Jackson and company. So we'll see how what shakes out here the next four weeks. You'll get us back. 
Uh, we'll probably have a, another mixture and hopefully be joined by a couple other folks. I know Farky's out in Utah. Rue's still grieving the loss yesterday. The Monday Night Man is um, doing his solo pods. So I'm sure we'll have him here in a couple weeks on Browns and some reactions to that. I was with him yesterday. He's in no state to be able to do a pod tonight. Um, he just stormed out and didn't even watch the the overtime kick. That's that's how frustrated he was. And I think that signifies how a lot of Browns fans felt last night, even into this morning at the water cooler. So uh, for Kev, any final words? Uh, go Tribe. I know this is a Browns podcast, but – you know, we got the best pitching, starting pitching staff in the league. Hopefully, Jose and uh, Frankie can have a better showing than they did last year. And we can, our next podcast is going to be right around Super Bowl, or I mean, uh, World Series time. So hopefully, we're drinking a lot and having a lot of good times over in the next six weeks watching what I would tell you is some of the funnest teams. You know, I'm 43 years old. I think that this Browns team and this, uh, you know, this Indians team, we're pretty lucky and we got a lot of special players. So hopefully you get to enjoy and reap the benefits of those guys. But it's definitely a breath of fresh air against what we had with the Cavs drama filled BS the last few years, even with the championship notwithstanding. So for Kev, for Sean Z, we are Signing off on the State of the Browns pod, and we will be back, hopefully, talking about more wins, less losses, and less about you and the refs. That's it. That's all. State of the Browns. We out.